You gotta take off your pants and jacket, Mike. Oh my gosh, I think we got our intro right there, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit, we're recording. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week we're talking about a, these rumored Flash cameos. Mike. Flash, gone with a Flash, here in a Flash, we're talking about it. There's something about getting flashed here and I just couldn't make <laughs> it up, so we're just going to move along. Um, did you know WandaVision is on track for a 2020 release? Oh, thank God. Ah. The 2020 is just, the dumpster fire is so hot right now. It's literally starting to melt the dumpster. And mm. I'm not even talking about the plastic lid over it. That was gone like ages ago. Now like the metal around it is just starting to weaken. So we just need, we need anything we can to just prop that dumpster up a little bit. Give so. me something to look forward <laughs> to at this point. Yes. Um, at that point. Uh, and that's not to mention the whole state of uh, California, Oregon, and Washington burning around that dumpster as well. So that's a whole yeah. I can't thing. believe I didn't even I didn't even mention that last week on the show that the whole state was on fire. But obviously, I made it through. Yeah, you did. Thank thankfully, uh, <laughs> Miles Morales is getting a shocking new video game. Ooh, and oh, more. that's right. Oh, man, I completely forgot about that little gameplay segment. That's right. Yeah, that was like the only thing we talked about during that the, the <laughs> PlayStation Five reveal this week. Mm-hmm, that's uh, true. There's that. So and and more and more. We got some other news this week to talk about, of course. So it's not just those mm-hmm. three things. Um, but yeah, now we're sitting here Sunday afternoon, Mike. We have officially in the Midwest hit fall. Uh, it was 46 degrees last night, um, and only like mid 70s today. It is absolutely wonderful. Uh, yeah, I've, and I know uh, I've you've been going through like a heat wave. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've never been one to check the weather so often because I mean, this I'm trying not to humble brag here, and I feel like I'm allowed to because the state's been on fire for a, for a while, so it's not always uh, sunshine and rainbows out here. But for the majority of my life here in Southern California, I rarely need the weather app. Like it never mm-hmm. rains, things are usually pretty good. I don't need to check, but I've been religiously checking it every day, and I've been looking at the air quality numbers, which is something like I've never really keyed into that much but with the fires blazing it's really messing with the air quality it makes it kind of hard to go outside if you have like asthma or if you're in like a sensitive group or something like that so I actually looked into the numbers the other day apparently 0 to 50 that's the number that where things are good and anything above 50 you know they they say to kind of limit your exposure depending on your uh, depending on your ailments but we were up to I think our max in our area and we're about like maybe 30 40 miles away away from the big fire uh that's at least out here in los angeles we were up to like the 160s like i think we might have peaked in the 170s uh and then i felt like pretty bad i was like oh man this is awful we were carrying our air purifier around our place and putting into the rooms that we were occupying but man i checked out like portland like a few days ago and they were like in the high 200s so like up in the pacific northwest they're getting it really bad up there hopefully it's it's gotten better but yeah i've never looked so much at those air quality numbers before until now so it, it's really <laughs> funny you mention that because um this summer i started monitoring probably my uv ratings more um mm-hmm. after last year's comic-con fiasco i decided <laughs> oh, to, yeah, to kind of right. take care of that <laughs> smart um but um it, it's funny you mention that because um i recently uh, as you know uh ios and 
the watches and stuff got a new update this week, and one of the monitors on my watch face right now is actually air quality weather, uh, UV index, and uh, just temperature ratings. Oh, uh, that's great. So, Man, we were just talking about the Apple Watch it, it, off off mic a little bit ago. That's another good reason to get one. Right? Yeah, so on this face, so I look at it literally I, right now at 34 uh, air quality in my in my that, range. That's great. That's great. Um, UV index is 3.0, which is uh, moderate, and then it's 73 degrees right now, which is the high with 46 being low. And I can just gather this by glancing at my watch, which was funny that you were talking about the watches earlier. So I'm in bringing this up because I've been looking at it good, all week. Those are really good stats. You you have, you hit like the trifecta <laughs> of really good numbers there and you're inside on a microphone talking to me. Yeah, I think it, that's great. <laughs> and, and it uses color to tell me green is good. Yellow is bad. <laughs> and red is the worst. So, uh, just by looking, I'm like, Oh, it's green. I'm fine. Uh, no, no red alerts here, Mike, uh, at all. So, yeah, that's really that's really interesting. You mentioned that because yeah, you know, I work with someone um, who who lives in Oregon, and they were asked me about air quality on Tuesday uh, mm-hmm. here. I'm like, it's like maybe twenty. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we got the 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 trees and the 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 greenness everywhere. Really, really clearing that up. So, um, but it is funny you mentioned that. I had mostly just stayed inside all week. I've been playing a lot of uh, the Avengers game. We've talked about that. They put out a big patch Friday night, I believe. That fixed like a thousand different little little possible bugs or glitches, and it's able to put me. I was able to beat the campaign on my Xbox, and I've been playing on PlayStation. I've been having a good time, Mike. You've been playing a little bit as well, a little more slow going, but um, yeah, it's a, it's been a little bit more of a, of a slog for me. There's 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 so many mechanics in the mm-hmm. game that Chris just informed me that I don't even need to pay attention to that I can literally ignore <laughs> until I beat the campaign, and the game doesn't really kind of tell you that. So I feel like if you get too bogged down on a lot of this stuff, it's going to take you forever to beat yeah. the campaign. And uh, Chris has also let me know that the uh, the variety of enemies will change as yeah. I move forward, which is happy because, like, man, it's super cool, like, being, like, a hero. But, like, you get kind of tired of fighting waves of robots over and over again. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like you're, you're just in Avengers Age of Ultron, the movie, just fighting Ultrons over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, so I'm happy to hear that there's going to be some variations of enemies moving forward. But... I would say that this game excels when it's the most Marvel that it can possibly be. And so far, I've only fought in one villain. It's at the beginning of the game, so I don't think it's that big spoiler. And there's a chance it might have even been in the demo. But you get to be the Hulk, and you get to fight Abomination. Yeah. And you're in, like, this underground lab, and there's, like, all of this, like, scientific technology, like, sparking all around you. And, like, that was that was awesome. That was, like, supreme. Like, that's what you want in a Marvel game. Like, you just want it to be cranked to 11 and everything's like popping off so i'm looking forward to more of those moments and it's kind of funny like i forgot because like when you're in a marvel cinematic universe you know you're always dealing with like contracts and rights what can they bring in what can't they what can't they bring in what actors have retired who have and haven't they cast yet but when you're in a video game world like everything's on the table anything's on the table it's just like oh yeah i can just be the hulk and fight the abomination i don't have to worry about universal's distribution rights when i'm playing this video game so i'm looking forward to more of that moving forward. yeah i mean so what's cool is um you know you, you fight in there and then when the game opens up post campaign you you get to um fight some more villains and bosses like that along the way like big bosses uh-huh. that take you know like sometimes I, you know, I sat there for like two hours the other day playing one level um and i was doing i've been trying to um mainline um thor uh so i really really love playing thor and i i hope Everyone has like I've talked to some other people love Iron Man. Some people 
love oh, you know, Captain America. I hate. I, I honestly I hate Iron Man. I I just I just think it's because I I don't like the flight mechanics as much. I mm-hmm. feel like it's just it's hard to move through a level when you're flying, and I I'm not getting as much of gratification out of the beams. Like when he shoots the unibeam, that's really really rad because you get like this gigantic beam. But when he's just kind of like shooting stuff out of his hands, I'm just like I feel like I'd rather just be punching stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah I totally I totally get the preference between characters. Have you unlocked rockets yet for Iron Man? Uh, no. Okay, so Iron Man, um, so we talked about this, you can beat the campaign without touching anything, and the the point of it is, the characters go up to level 50, so you get skill points in the trees. When I beat the campaign, not a single one of my characters was above 8. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, you don't really get a, a full, I guess, sense of all the characters until you level them up. But Iron Man's, um, ro- he has lasers, uh, repulsors, and rockets for his thing, and you can switch through them with the D-pad. And um, it's really fun to chain lasers, rockets, and these together. So you start by punching with the repulsors, turn into rockets to knock them up, and then switch to lasers to do the spinning move that he does in Iron Man 2 to knock yeah. some people away. So, like, you can start to combo these as you get more skills later, but, like, you don't need those for the campaign because you're really just mm-hmm. very, very narrow focus. So, like, you need to go here and do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you're going to be um, where you are, Mike. I know where you are. You're, gonna, you're in for some treats, coming some really big set pieces you're going to enjoy so yeah you'll have to you'll have to just be patient out there uh if you're looking forward to us talking about the uh campaign because i'm just slow at playing video games that's just my personality (laughs) there literally is a million other options out there like i've been playing a lot of Fortnite lately because again it's marvel focused right and i can jump Mm -hmm. on with people there and it's free it's easy to jump in so uh yeah definitely there's no rush to beat this game it's going to be around for a while with again in october kate bishop coming as a playable character and then mm-hmm. uh clint barton as hawkeye the following month in november and i assume knock on wood here things come out um i'm playing it's either gonna be captain marvel or black panther in december as an album. Ooh, that'll be fun yeah really really excited for this um game as a service if you will and um we'll talk more about new consoles later mike but what have you been up to i didn't get to watch anything this week again uh, you know this. Uh, we're recording now after I had to go do some extracurricular work. Um, mm-hmm. And that has been my week all week. Uh, doing more and more work on the side to get ready to buy me an Xbox when it, when it launches. So <laughs> um, you've, you've got some PSAs here. It doesn't look like these maybe, at least some of these are not new, but maybe maybe one of them is. So tell me yeah. what's going yeah, on I'll, yeah, I like the theme, the corn stream, if you will. So I thought the good a, a good theme for this week's corn stream is uh, public service announcements. So first up off the bat, there's this new uh, fictional, slightly fictional docuseries. I don't even really remember quite the title of how they described it, but it's called The Social Dilemma. And it actually kind of almost is filmed kind of like an after-school PSA, if you will, where it's a mixture of a documentary, but then every once in a while they cut to a fictional narrative with like actors that they cast to kind of show you what the what kind of the what the current situation of social media is right now with this fictional family. So it's kind of weird, like going back to the days of like after-school PSAs, but mixed with like a real kind of gritty uh, documentary about uh, social media. Um, it had one of my uh, favorite kind of upcoming actors uh, right now um, Skyler Gizondo I don't even know how you say his last name but he's been in like Book mm-hmm. Smart, Santa Clarita Diet he's been uh, he's also in the Righteous Gemstones he's been in a lot of stuff that I like so he was part of the fictional part of the documentary but it's just basically all about like how social media is like just mining literally everything about your life so uh, I, I don't think qu- they went quite uh, deep enough into a lot of the really disturbing things so there's definitely a lot more here to, to touch on but if you wanted to to kind of 
maybe scale back how much you're on your smartphone or how much you're kind of just sucked into social media and how much it controls your life. Uh, this might convince you to maybe uh, put the phone down, get those screen time numbers down that, you know, the Apple report sends you every Sunday. Yeah. Uh, there, there was some kind of cringy parts where uh, they kind of do this kind of inside out type of thing of these uh, Facebook personified as like these computer people that are like trying to feed you ads and it's it's just kind of weird and all over the place but it'll definitely change your opinion on social media overall mm. but uh, I, I think the biggest takeaway is at the very end of this when the credits are rolling they kind of ask these questions to the people they interviewed I was like oh what, what are some good ways to maybe minimize how much you use social media what are some good ways to stem some of the anxiety and all of them were basically like just turn your notifications off you like you don't need your device like constantly pinging you and like bothering you and distracting you like if something's like really critical and like necessary like somebody's going to call you on your phone, you know? So, and I, and I would highly recommend this because I turned my notifications off for like everything like years ago. And it's like, great, like nothing bothers me anymore. And I even turned off the double notification for when you get a text message. Cause I think by default on the iPhone, you get two notifications every time you get a text. Like if you haven't checked it, like in five minutes, they'll ping you again. So yeah, my phone's like pretty locked down and it, it's really helped overall. So mm. yeah. <laughs> it, Says it, the yeah, guy who wants an Apple watch. <laughs> Uh, be careful with what you wish. Well, for. I would turn the I would turn the notifications off there. Yeah. It'd only be if I flip Marissa. And to be fair, I just want the health data. That's yeah, really what I want. I know. I'm just giving you health. Hey, uh, it's so, gonna tell you, hey, you're not walking enough. Hey, get off, <laughs> get off your ass for a minute. So yeah, like we said, so if 2020 wasn't already awful enough, if you want to be extra paranoid about social media, go check out the Social Dilemma on uh, Netflix. Uh, PSA number two is we were on Hulu the other day and we started rewatching Parks and Rec because it's a glorious show and I love everything about it. But on Hulu, we just got the notification badge right by the episodes that the show is expiring and I think now it's 11 days. So I think mm -hmm. the contract is finally expiring for Parks and Rec over on Hulu because it's an NBC property. So I'm almost 100% uh, certain that it's going to move over exclusively to Peacock. Yes. And I think I think even Parks and Rec also might be streaming on Amazon right now as well. Not 100% sure. Uh, I got <laughs> to imagine all of these contracts are expiring. So... Crossing my fingers, hoping Peacock will get its crap together and put a streaming app up on Roku. I know I think I can possibly do it on my PlayStation, but I don't like powering up a PlayStation just to stream mm -hmm. something, especially when I got a Roku stick plugged into the TV. So still waiting um, on HBO well, Max and Peacock to get on my Roku. Peacock um, recently reached a deal with Roku this week. I believe I saw it yesterday or oh, Friday. Oh, excellent. So, That's um, good news. You, you are on the cusp of getting uh, <laughs> getting that, that option for you. But yeah, you can actually stream... Um, a lot of this, um, Prime Video, Hulu, Peacock, it's actually on Peacock as well already. Mm -hmm. um, Sling, DirecTV, Fubo, Comedy Central, and USA. All have streaming services all have them. So. Yeah. I suppose your options are much broader if you have a cable subscription. But yeah. if you're just purely a, a streamer like me, uh, I guess we, we, we decided we're going to see if we can try to finish the whole series in, in like the next 10 days, which is not hard to do when you're working from home and you're in your quarantined. Uh, so uh, there, there you go. PSA, just in general, uh, your NBC properties might be moving over to Peacock exclusively. So check mm -hmm. that out. Uh, number three, uh, a very uh, vintage show in 
in all senses of the words that uh, the wife and I just started watching The Golden Girls, oh boy. which is a, which is an ABC property that I believe is going to stay on Hulu probably forever since uh, Disney owns that uh, streaming service uh, in t- uh, majority uh, consuming. Uh, but Golden Girls has been pretty fun. Uh, it's a very old show with uh, with uh, old actors, and it's just fun. Uh, <laughs> these uh, old ladies are are pretty funny. Uh, I don't know. It's just weird. Uh, mm. It's just it's always just kind of weird uh, going back and watching like a sitcom and like four by three and it's just something I never watched growing up because like what what like you know like eight year old boy is gonna like turn on the Golden Girls like it's just it just wasn't me. So it's been fun going back and like rediscovering this show. That's like a classic. I mean, people have been talking about the show for I think a year or two now because it was just recently added to Hulu in the last couple of years and people are kind of rediscovering it or like me discovering it for the first time um i don't know if you've ever noticed this chris but whenever i go back and watch something uh i I would say i don't i don't want to say like vintage because it's not like i'm listening to like a radio talk show but like whenever i go back to watch something that you know was shot back in i think it's early 90s possibly yeah i think it's early 90s golden girls maybe yeah i want to say it was like late 80s ish yeah Yeah, late 80s but it's definitely the late 80s early 90s vibes whenever i watch something like that it's hard for me to like really it because I feel like this the age and the quality of the visuals overall just kind of weighs on me a little bit so I can only watch like two or three episodes at a time but I'm having a good time with the Golden Girls well that's good that's good one of my uh, one of my people on my team he's a large Golden Girls fan uh, so yeah I hear about it a lot more than I wish I did sometimes but, uh, <laughs> my that's prerogative my my favorite's Dorothy. I love Dorothy. Oh. She keeps all of these crazy old ladies in check, and she's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's uh, yeah, that's a that's a big thing these days. Yeah, Lastly, number, oh, go yeah, ahead. No, go, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say uh, number well, the last yes. thing here, and I think the most important PSA is the I think the best thing that could possibly uh, soothe the twenty twenty woes. Coming to Netflix in the United States on Friday, uh, The Great British Bake Off returns. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky enough to be across the pond in the UK, I believe you can start watching it on like Tuesday or Wednesday uh, because we have to wait a couple days until we get it over here in America on Netflix. But uh, The Great Brit- British Bake Off will just soothe all of my woes. I'm looking forward to it so much. I'm hoping that they didn't have to change the formula of the show too much because it was filmed during the pandemic. I mean, we're still in a pandemic right now, so it was definitely filmed during a COVID risk season, if you will. So hopefully didn't have to change things up too much, uh, but I definitely don't mind the hosts of the show making fun of the uh, the kind of uh, gravity of the, the world that we're living in. And we're supposed to be getting a new host, I believe Noel F- Fielding, 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 I don't know how to say his last name. He's still there, but yes. we're getting a new host. I don't know who that is. I'm sure I could Google and find out. So, yeah, uh, I'm just, I can't wait to uh, power up Netflix on yeah. uh, Friday and watch me some uh, GBBO. Yeah, that's, what, that's what my wife told me. Um, she was like, Great British Break Off on Friday. I'm like, thrilling. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just good like, stuff, what? but I'm like, just tell me on Thursday. I mean, I got <laughs> to get through the week now. Um, yeah, like every day I wake up and I tell my wife we're just a couple more days away. So, yeah, if you have not watched The Great British Bake Off, I'm so jealous because there's such a backlog for you to consume on Netflix right now. You would not have to worry about finding anything to watch until the COVID vaccine is available. Like, I wish I have never seen it before so I could just mainline the show. It's just great. I love everything about it. It's the best reality company. Petition show bar none. I would debate it into the ground. It will beat everything senseless. It, it is a um, 
it's a nice uh, nice cooking show. Uh, people are nice to each <laughs> other. And that's something you don't yeah. get in a lot of these uh, cooking shows going on. Yeah, Chris is a little bit more even keeled. <laughs> I am a little bit more even keeled. I, I think I think it's I think it's a lovely thing, but. Um, just like anything, again, I was the one. I was the one who who had to um, the, I guess, enjoyment of what you would say mainlining this earlier this summer. Um, and the the problem with these live shows is they become formulaic when you watch them all at once. And I'm like, this is really ruining the experience. So <laughs> hopefully, with a new host, they may and and the the way they had to film it is probably going to be different than it has been before. It's just um, you, you, when you start seeing those. Um, Again, it's like watching um, Who's Lines It Anyway, right? On repeat, you start seeing all the same skits over and over again. Oh, yeah. And you're like, I'm true. like, oh, I wish I hadn't done this. Uh, <laughs> really ruins the magic. So that, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, that's definitely a great show to watch. And you, you guys should just turn it on because you're going to be like, oh, this is fun. Um, you're going to understand the reference to what a soggy bottom is. And um, <laughs> a lot of things are very much underbaked. So uh, and enjoy that, if you will. And it's all British because, like, you see a lot of British recipes. You're like, who would eat that? Um, yeah, yeah, that's the best part about it is if you're an American, everything British already seems magical and fantastic and mysterious to you. So you're just learning uh, so much. Yeah, it's, it's, a, that, it's a good that, time. That's, uh, that is the corn stream. Those are my PSAs, if you will, to move forward into 2020. And I hope you do not combust into flames if you live out here on the West Coast or drowned from a hurricane if you're over there on the East Coast. And God only knows what's happening in the rest of the world. Yeah, we're, so, uh, we're in the middle <laughs> where the, that heat and that coal will mix for tornadoes. So, you know, real. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, hold on if you're – hold on and watch out for natural disasters. We had go, an earthquake a couple days ago. I almost got swallowed into the ground. Go get some, go get some pumpkin spice stuff. Let's just enjoy <laughs> the little things in life while we can. Mm-hmm. All right, let's shift gears, Mike. Let's jump into these news here. Biggest news, I think, this week. Unexpected. She-Hulk has found its Jennifer Walters. Mm-hmm. Um, actress uh, Tatiana Maslany, uh, known for her um, roles mostly in Orphan Black, where she played literally – the main character and like her like seven clones throughout this whole mm-hmm. season has been cast as uh, the as Jennifer Walters, uh, She Hulk herself, the lawyer, um, and that is I think awesome news. I think she's a really good actor, and she's like, uh, what's that? Um, I just mentioned the show earlier. It's on HBO. Um, Perry Mason. She's been in Perry Mason as well lately. So yeah, this was kind of interesting. I was actually looking forward uh, to who are they going to cast as uh, She Hulk, uh, just because I feel like a lot of the fan castings I weren't really vibing with. Like some people was were pitching like Allison Brie mm-hmm. from Community and Glow, and I was like, I, I just I just don't know. I don't feel her as the role. Uh, some people were pitching like um, some MMA fighters, which is just like you know they they don't need to be muscular. They're going to make them muscular. You know, like yeah. uh, Bruce Banner is not like a buff guy. You don't have to cast like a, a human being that's like jacked to play these characters. So I wasn't too worried about that. So I was actually kind of happy to see somebody that I'm not too familiar with. Uh, obviously, some people are huge fans of shows that she's been in. I actually had to go on IMDb because I was totally unfamiliar with her. Uh, but I was actually happy to see that she cameoed in a couple episodes of Parks and Rec. So I actually was familiar with her. I just didn't even know it. She plays a love interest for Tom who is played by Anziz Ansari and I think she like plays like a doctor uh, and it only lasts for like a couple episodes so I was like okay I am familiar with her a little bit so um, sometimes when I'm not sure what Marvel should do when it comes down to casting like I'm always okay with them kind of uh, like I'm saying she's not being plucked from obscurity but she is being cl- plucked from obscurity to me so I'm totally cool with this mm-hmm. and um, I'm I'm really looking forward to really just the budget overall for the show because um 
why can't I think of uh, Bruce Banner? Who's Mark the actor Ruffle? that plays it? Mark Mark Ruffalo. That's right. I was like on the tip of my tongue. He. I was surprised to see him tweet not long after the announcement that says like "Welcome to like the club, cuz." Yeah. So he just kind of outright confirmed uh, for the most part that this is going to be the cousin of Bruce Banner. Uh, and then also, I was curious. Do you think he did that on accident? Because we all know uh, Uncle no. Ruffalo likes to accidentally well, post stuff. No, on the I mean Jen- Jennifer Walters is always in the comic books been the cousin of Bruce Banner. Like that's mm-hmm. that's always been her or uh thing. She got her powers of the She-Hulk because of a blood transfusion from mm-hmm. from him. So my question is, you know, is this like how does again we've talked about this, how does the um Smart Hulk, if you will, Professor Hulk tie mm-hmm. tie into the series? Um and then also will she be green all the time or will she transform? Um, mm-hmm. back and forth because some versions she's always green some versions she's not um, she's currently a playable character in the Fortnite Marvel thing that you can unlock mm-hmm. and you can get a, a red She-Hulk but she is the, the Jennifer Jennifer Walters lawyer office is a point of interest in the game map as well so it's, it's pretty cool yeah, I mean, it, it would it would be fun, and it would make sense to make her be able to transform, because this is a television show, it's a series, there's more stories I think you can tell if she transforms from human to Hulk, yeah. you know, you can have more fun with that, but at the same time, I almost want them to make her green all the time, because mm-hmm. I really want to see the MCU go full premium on a series, I mean, if she was green all the time, this would be the most expensive show, and this would really, really prove what Kevin Feige said, that these are not going to be just series. These are going to be cinematic yeah. quality, just happen to be and cut down into episodes. So well, I could, I would honestly like to see it either way. I, I think the whole point of her is she could transform is imagine a lawyer losing her cool in a courtroom and mm-hmm. turning into the She-Hulk. Uh, that would be cool. Like that, that's where like, the, like, okay, do like, you know, she really is a lawyer and how does she con- reconcile this? And maybe by the end, she's permanently the She-Hulk kind of deal. Um, mm-hmm. But like I, I think you know this is, as an actress she's been great she's been awarded a bunch of things and again I, I mostly know her from Orphan Black because she was the main actress in that role and played different char- clones of the character so she was like I think like five or six of her in like some scenes at some point near the end of it so um, I, I definitely think she's got the acting chops and the other part of this is um, um, director uh, Kate Cairo um, who's known for the show Dead to Me um, is set as a director for the pilot and other episodes along the way as well so they're they're making some casting getting this production sounds like pre-production in, in place to start filming the show probably sooner than later if I was a, a bet man that. Yeah, I, I mean, it seems like there might need a lot of lead time because what do we know from all of the Avengers movies that has featured the Hulk? We've always gotten reports that the last thing to get done is usually the animation on the Hulk. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually the guy doesn't even make it into the first debut trailer because they're still busy animating him. So yeah, I would imagine there's got to be a lot of lead time for post production on this show. Yeah, and they're probably not just going to paint her green. That'd be too Gamora, if you will. <laughs> yeah, so. that's true. So I like, I like to see that. So yeah, She-Hulk uh, on the horizon. Um, the other thing is Miss um, Marvel is lining up some directors as well um, mm-hmm. for this show. So first and foremost, the biggest names are Adil El Arbi and Bilal Fala. Uh, they directed Bad Boys for Life um, recently this year, which I think was like one of the number one movies this year for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there's not a lot of choices, but... Yeah, for a while, out of circumstances, that was the number one movie. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I was looking, I mean, it's got a... Um, 
it's fairly it's not it's not it's regarded above average uh, across Rotten yeah. Tomatoes IMDb. I, I, you so. know, you know, I'm not I'm not even trying to downplay it either. Even yeah. before the pandemic hit, there was positive uh, yeah. vibes about this film. Yeah, exactly. Except, you know, why would you call it for life if it's the third movie? Again, wasted <laughs> opportunity here. But people enjoyed it. You know, um, Will Smith and and uh, was it Martin Lawrence back together? So they, mm. there are some of the directors, uh, Charmaine Obeyed Shinoy. I'm butchering these names. Um, obviously, they're hiring directors who are in the cultural community for um, Kamala Khan, uh, who's a yeah, Muslim American. Uh, she's known for documentary films. And the other one is uh, Mira Minon, who directed episodes of the Punisher TV show, um, mm-hmm. the Titan show, and uh, Walking Dead as well. So no stranger to, you know, I guess, a niche TV series. Yeah, these, the, yeah, they all seem very, uh, very capable to uh, take on this. I'm looking forward to the casting for Miss Marvel. I mean, I'm not too familiar with a lot, with a lot of like a, a, a Muslim actors. So I'm curious if this is mm-hmm. going to be somebody we're familiar well, with that has maybe been in something before, or maybe if they're going to cast somebody brand new because they'll have to be young. Yeah. I mean, I know you can cast somebody in their 20s that looks like they're a teenager, but I feel like this could be a chance for them to really elevate somebody that we've never heard of before. Well, and, and yeah, again, playing Marvel's Avengers, the main character. In this is Kamala Khan. She is the the the, the linchpin of the story, and then mm-hmm. the voice actress for that is just knocking it out of the park. I, I think yeah, I, very great. I think great character, great study of that one, and and she nailed that. So that's going to leave us wanting for someone to also do that in the live action version as well. Uh, on that note, at the top of the show, we mentioned uh, WandaVision, uh, an upcoming Disney Plus role video uh, showing everything coming the rest of this year, specifically mentions um wandavision um being released before the end of 2020 so yeah i think that's that's pretty cool i mean that's uh that's that's what we wanted right that's exactly what we need to get through this um, yeah, and I, I, that it makes me wonder if that's going to tie into a bit of news here that we're going to talk about into a sec in, in a second with yeah. Uh, Black Widow. Yeah, yeah, and we, and we can definitely talk about it. So I think you know going through this, there's some stuff. Also, I wanted to point out, you know, it's not um, necessarily MCU, but there are more X Men movies coming to to Disney Plus. I saw X Two. Um, and, and some other ones coming through here. So I'm, I'm excited to see what Disney Plus keeps giving us. Um, they have a, long, a large back catalog, so keeping that fresh is pretty pretty awesome in, in my book. Um, and then uh, Mike's moving my show notes on me here as we talk uh, because he wants to bring talk about this next, and that's, that's fine. But Black Widow um, has started removing the release date from international marketing materials, mm-hmm. um, which is an indicator of something I think uh, is that it's going to be coming to Disney Plus, but only in select countries as a premium option in November. Uh, yeah, and my conspiracy theory to tie it back into WandaVision here real quick is that there's something possibly in this movie that needs to be out there in the world until the MCU can move forward. Like, I I, I don't think it's necessarily going to be huge and earth-shattering, but it could be. There could be a post credit scene that really sets up something in there. We've seen in the past that... The post credit scenes sometimes will set up the very next movie for that character, or it'll even set up the next thing to come out in the MCU. And either way you look at it, there might not be another thing to set up for a Black Widow movie moving forward. So maybe there is something WandaVision related in the Black Widow. And once that's out into the world, you know, in PVOD, we can finally get WandaVision. Yeah, I. I... I don't think it's that at all, to be honest. I don't think these two are going to connect since Black Widow's a backwards piece and WandaVision's is a forward piece, if you will. Um, because if you look, there's a lot of uh, Wanda was dead for five years. Uh, 
spoiler for Infinity War, if you will. Um, <laughs> and Black Widow is um, is dead at the end of those five years before she even comes back. So I, I don't know if they'll tie together, but it is good to have these two, again, female-led Marvel series kind of kicking off the end of the year here um, for us. Uh, the other thing is people think it might be delayed. However, um, there's some financial reports saying that Mulan on his premium video on demand made 261 million in the U.S. alone, which is pretty good for a movie. Yeah, um, just yeah, digital. Pretty good compared to the 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 initial number that we reported a few weeks ago. The rumor floating around was that they were looking to what was it sell three million digital copies? Was that the number? Uh, I no, it was like it was like it was like ninety something, wasn't it? Like ninety. Well. Well, the the not the right. not the dollar amount, the actual PVOD. Oh, I thought sales. they were trying to sell like ninety million accounts at thirty bucks well, a piece. No, it would it would have been what they wanted to do. I believe, if I remember right, they were they were looking to sell three million digital downloads, which would have netted them uh, ninety million dollars. Yeah. That's what they were looking for to consider good. Now, this definitely blows that out of the water. This is like three times more than what they were expecting. But also, they had very very poor box office returns in China, which is probably where they thought they were going to get a lion's share of this from. So I don't know if this kind of equals out their expectations or or what yeah. will happen, but it seems like this kind of green lights Black Widow, hopefully, per, for well, PVOD if they exceeded expectations with Mulan. Right, and, and again, I think, I think he, here's the thing. Whenever it came out for premium, it didn't come out premium everywhere, um, which is just the, the, the way the legal things work in different countries, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it went to the theaters in China but I don't know if it oh yeah it did no it yeah it definitely went into the theaters in China for Mulan because the yeah. theaters were were open over there but, but yeah lo- there was a poor return for sure yeah so I think there's an option here if the again if they're maybe they delay Black Widow for international release right or have to get a brand new date for v- premium but because I think Marvel owns all this stuff they've they've had time to think about like hey if we don't release something. We're going to lose out more money than we'll gain. Uh, there's probably a nice window here. So I, I think, you know, Disney has an investor day on October 7th, Mike. And guess what they could do there? Um, announce all these casting things we talked about for Miss Marvel. Maybe new release dates for all these shows because a lot of them are kicking back into production. I think October 7th would be a day to for them to say, hey, look, we're going to release uh, Black Widow in a month on premium. So get ready. Um, the other thing was, I mean, I didn't put it in here because we didn't talk Mulan. Mulan's um, expiration date uh, for when it goes off of premium, I think, is the first week of um, November. And then it's not coming out for free until, like, the second week of November or third week of November. So it's like a week where nothing is in this premium service range, which is exactly when Black Widow was planning on releasing. Yeah, I think they're going to hit us with a three punch, three punch combo. I think in October, well, technically it's the end of October, so it's almost November, but in October, we're going to get the Mandalorian, which is going to be a big, big push on uh, Disney+. Plus. You know, if you happen to miss it the first time around, get your subscription ready. The Mandalorian is coming back. And then in November, we'll get uh, Black Widow, and then in December, we'll get WandaVision. I think they're really going to come strong here at, like the last quarter of the year. And uh, they're really going to plus up the Disney Plus subscriptions. There. Yeah, and I think that that's the thing here. I think WandaVision's release schedule is not based on Black Widow, but more of when does The Mandalorian wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um, because eight episodes starts October 30th. That puts it like right at that Christmas range, right? So if they're like, okay, WandaVision is the last week of the year, or the next to last week of the year, uh, maybe the same week of the last 
episode of The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian should theoretically wrap up the weekend before Thanksgiving. So like the 20th, if I'm if I'm counting things out right. Uh, no, that, so, that's four weeks. Uh, well, you, that would be eight weeks. Oh, wait, I, no, wait, you got to go in December. So you would have been in. Eight. Wait, one, two, three, four. Oh, I started counting in September. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so we got here one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eighteenth. So week yeah. before Christmas. <laughs> so my guess is if they they don't know, I think there's no question WandaVision will do great. But if they wanted to tie it to the end of the same day as the Mandalorian finale, um, they could do so. So people who already have a subscription don't cancel it, um, or they do it the next week, literally on Christmas Friday. Which, that would be weird to put something out on Christmas. Um, but at the same time, there is a very strong history of people releasing movies yeah. on Christmas Day. So maybe they're trying to vibe with that audience that won't be able to go out. Yeah. Well, e- either way, I think that's window, that 18th to the 31st is our window for WandaVision. Um, because they want, if again, we've talked about this, they want to keep subscriptions and they have eight to six episodes of WandaVision. That's another two payments minimum. For, for you know what? There. If we're if we're really talking about Christmas, if we're really talking about uh, uh, entertainment for that time of the year, you know whether whether or not you're into uh, the religious side of it or whatever, uh, they just dropped the trailer for Christmas Chronicles two. I haven't oh, watched God. it yet, but my wife told me the there's oh man the trailer's out and I can't believe I haven't watched it yet. But uh, that first movie was surprisingly good, so I'm looking forward to the sequel. So yeah. uh, I, I should have put that up there in my uh, PSA for the Quarant stream. Go watch the Christmas Chronicles, but don't watch the first one until after thanksgiving because it's a travesty to watch christmas movies until thanksgiving is over it's that's true. just my opinion it's true also wonder woman is currently scheduled for christmas day mike um and what a slap to the face that would be if you could stay at home <laughs> and watch wandavision instead of going to the theaters to watch uh wonder woman so oh man we'll I, see we'll see how it goes. i think i think again i think here, here's the thing october 7th um what uh three weeks four weeks i know three weeks right maybe 27th first yeah three weeks we will know, we will be talking in three episodes, the, what these dates are based on that investor day call for Disney. So, Yeah, we got to get a – does Bob Iger do these calls or is it Bob Chapik that uh, that does it now? I don't know who's That's in charge of these question. investor calls. I, th- I mean th- the, they were making well, a transition, but who knows how that Well, went. you know what? Both of their first names are Bob. We just yeah. need to get Bob Bob on the phone yeah. in a couple weeks and see what's going on. It's Bob call. So, yeah. Uh, Ant-Man 3, I think I thought this was the biggest news this week, actually earlier in the week, and it, it feels like it's been forever ago again. Uh, actor Jonathan Majors, from Mike's uh, favorite show right now, Lovecraft Country, Yay. has been cast in Ant-Man 3, and not as anyone you would ever expect to be cast. Mike. They <laughs> yeah. cast him as no one other than Kang the Conqueror, the time-traveling villain. Yes, this is so cool. I'm so excited. I love Kang because as of most of my entry points uh, for Marvel and comic books, DC included, it always comes down to animated TV shows because I love animation. I love cartoons. There's a meme going around on Twitter right now where you post a screenshot of like a video game uh, that you played as a kid that you spent a lot of time on and then you just say, oh, I grew up here. And I participated and I put a picture up of the Spider-Man comic book maker. It was a CD-ROM game where you could put your comics together so my entry point for all of this stuff has always been like animated uh stuff 
and uh, it's always been comic books second. I usually go to the comic books to get more historical detail, and then I just drink up all the animation stuff. So uh, I really love the arc of King the Conqueror in uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which you can stream yes. over on Disney Plus right now. And Chris, when you sent me this news, like the first thing I did was I booted up Earth's Mightiest Heroes again, and I went and watched all well, the Kang episodes. Kang, the best intro to Kang is in, is to this because he's not just a one and done episode villain, right? Like mm-hmm. he he's a long term thing because he in fact has time travel to his advantage. He's a time traveling person. Um, he's uh, been created in the Fantastic Four, and he's gone through different iterations. The younger version of him is called Iron Lad. Um, he was like Rama Tut uh, when he was trapped in Egypt for a while um, back in the history. So he's a long thing of traveling through time. And people ask me, like, well, isn't he just Thanos at the end of Endgame? I'm like, no. Thanos just kind of jumped forward based on the sub. But if Ant-Man and the quantum technology has been creating new times or dealing with time, Kang the Conqueror is primed to come through in Ant-Man 3. And hopefully they don't do... Um, you know, what they did with Spider-Man and pull the rug out from him. But like, no, he's not really a time traveler. We're just messing with you. Um, but mm-hmm. they, they do stick to it because I think he has a he's a really compelling villain. All he wants to do, he's a time traveling Mister Freeze, right? His wife is 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 in stasis while they try to find a cure for her throughout time. So yeah, I think I think the status of the love interest uh, kind of changes. Like I think sometimes it's a wife, sometimes it's a love interest. Yeah. Uh, I I was doing a lot of uh, research on Kang uh, over the weekend because I wanted to know kind of uh, what Earth's Mightiest Heroes doesn't uh, talk and mention on because I saw a lot of people talking and really I would say extrapolating maybe too far about uh, what Reed Richards might end uh, end up looking like in the MCU because uh, I guess uh, in the comic books one of the earlier iterations of Kang uh, stipulates that he is the son like uh, or a very distant relative of uh, Reed Richards or maybe he's his father I don't really know but there's a relation uh, connection between Reed Richards but when I was looking through all of these different wikis out there when it comes to Kang it's almost like a footnote there just seems to be like one arc where they talk about Reed Richards and Kang being connected and then it doesn't seem to come up again and I would love to be corrected if anybody really really knows the origins and details uh, thoroughly with Kang and uh, the Fantastic Ford and Reed's and Reed's um, uh, family tree connects to him any anymore I'd love to know but, uh, you know, we all know the MCU likes to do whatever they want uh, to fit their narrative the best. So I wouldn't just go ahead and assume that King the Conqueror is going to be related to Reed Richards. Because a, a lot of people were doing fan castings of just like, okay, well, if King the Conqueror is technically, you know, uh, going to be African-American, does that mean Reed Richards is going to be within that lineage? So let's let's do all these fan castings uh, for Reed Richards. But I'm really curious what they'll do with Kang because he looks like an alien almost like he's a purple person when he's at least in earth's mightiest heroes and the incarnations I've seen on the comic book panels. So I don't know well, if in the future, there's some like DNA cosmetic stuff that he does with them or what? It's a, it's a suit. Um, he, he actually looks like he's a, he's actually a human. Um, so he, he's a, he, that, that blue stuff and the purple, that's all suit. I'm pretty sure in earth's mightiest heroes, he takes it off at one point. As well. well, he d- he does take it off within the prison cell that he's in, but he still looks purple. So I don't yeah. know if that's just an animation he, um, uh, thing that they decided to do or what. Yeah, he he's so in the comic books, he is um, a thirty first century or later descendant of possible descendant of Reed Richards. Um, there's no guarantee he is, but th- they could do that. But he um, 
Yeah, it looks like you're right. I'm, I'm looking him up uh, without a mask, and it, d- it doesn't look like he appears very often without yeah. a mask in the comic books. But yeah, there's a couple. But books. his his younger version again is Iron Lad, which is essentially if you look up Iron Lad, it's like a young version of Iron Man, right? And and I think that's where his suit starts to come from as he gets older and becomes the villain known as as Kang or Immortus or whatever version you come across, and they've tied all yeah. these together. But at the same time. Time travel, Nate Man's great. Again, they've talked about um, Modok being the villain. He could still be in here, right? Like, there's still mm-hmm. an opportunity for them to have Kang and Modok. And how crazy would that be for Ant Man three to pull out all these stops? Like, be like, yeah, we're just gonna have everything you want in here. Like, <laughs> yeah, more. I mean, t- talk about just like injecting Ant Man three with all of the coolest stuff all of a sudden. And it really makes sense with the MCU. I mean, the last big movie that we just saw was all about time travel, mm-hmm. and Kang really does not like people messing with the timeline. He's going around trying to fix yeah. this stuff. So I could totally see him show hey. up. And he, what he does is he's trying to find the moment, like where the timeline really got messed up. And, you know, uh, Ant-Man kind of was the person that messed everything up, proposed yeah. the idea, came out of the quantum realm via a rat. You know, maybe Kang is just trying to go back in time and kill that well, rat so Ant-Man never gets out of the quantum realm. And at the same time, again, if, if they decide to play off Ant-Man 2 with um, uh, the uh, what's-her-name's mom, uh, Hope Van Dyne, right, coming out of the mm-hmm. quantum realm, possibly having some weird abilities that they, they need to explain. But at the same time, I, I think King and, and Modok are just both like science, great science fiction. One's mystical, one's sciencey. But I was thinking just a second ago, the Loki show is filming, right? And that's about time police. Um, mm-hmm. So if they cast him this early before filming, maybe he'll make a, a cameo in oh, the Loki show while they're filming yes. it before coming to name man three. I love that idea. Yeah, I just, it seems like they're trying to build up this story idea that we have just these normal human beings that have existed on Earth that all of a sudden have been granted this power, you know, through different origins. You know, Captain America, it's through science. Well, with a lot of these heroes, it's through science. And then all of a sudden, this one little planet that most people have described as insignificant in the MCU has, like, wrought all of this Mm -hmm. universe-expanding issues. And it's just like, it would make sense that all these people would start showing up, be like, hey, what the hell did you guys do? We thought this was a planet just filled with a bunch of hairless apes that we didn't have to worry about. So, uh, but back to the casting... Jonathan Majors, yes. I love this guy in Lovecraft Country. Well, He's amazing. I've been pitching this show every week on uh, on the podcast. you got to watch Lovecraft Country. You don't even need to watch it just to check this guy out. Just watch it in general because well, it's amazing, and he does an amazing job on well, it. Well, I, I, we, we forgot to mention up at the top of the show, Mike did the uh, fan art for She-Hulk this week. Uh, Mike, so thank you for doing that for thumbnail image um hey no worries i try to i try to reach my inner boss logic every once in a while well here's the thing um looking at jonathan uh majors uh the fan art for king the conqueror fits perfectly um actually that's why i was thinking about like have you seen him but they dressed him up as king i'm like he looks exactly the part without any Mm -hmm. extra work so i'm like they nailed the look uh for this guy and um yeah i i think i think here's the thing with with loki also being a time like his show based around time travel anyway because he got out of in-game and uh, mm-hmm. alive. I think this is... We were going to see some small bits of time travel's repercussions in the next phase or two. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and this is great. And this is awesome. if this if this does end up to slowly loop around and connect to the Fantastic Four in any way, I'm totally down to see some mm. Fantastic Four news coming out in the future. It's just we've been in such a lull of kind of really big, groundbreaking, earth-shattering MCU news, MCU news just this year. One, so one, I yeah. love getting this stuff. It's yeah. been about one year, uh, so we need something good. What, what's that? What's mm. that look like? 
Switching gears, uh, what we're looking forward to watching, Mike the Mandalorian, who's not excited yes. for Mandalorian. Season 2 dropped a trailer on us this week. Does it give us anything uh, spoilery? No. Uh, yeah, we were all kind of expecting to see Ahsoka. This, I, right? <laughs> I had to watch it four times to make sure it's um, WWE actress Sasha Banks there in the same skin color as Ahsoka, but it is not Ahsoka in this thing several times. So um, where's it going? The It sounds like the armor is telling him to go um, rejoin this um, the, the child with his original species, which is the species of Yoda, which we don't know what it is. So I think we're going to get some cool Star Wars lore reveals. Um, this season, Mike, all around. Yeah, we we got some. Uh, I was excited to see there's some X wings in the uh, in this trailer. I don't believe we had any X wings yep. in the first season, uh, um, so I thought that maybe was it. Were, were there any around that space prison? Is that what they? Sh- uh, I think. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some sitting in there. No, but they're definitely in Who, flight. They are actively moving. But, but around the, no, in this remember trailer. in in the one where he goes with the crew to the space prison, they blow up the space prison, or they were like where that the ship is with the X wings. Oh, they do, man. I guess I just because, need to rewatch the show because that was where Dave <laughs> Filoni had his cameo uh, in the uh, in the X Wing stuff. So yeah. yeah, but either way, these th- this is more memorable X Wings, if you will. Um, seeing them in flight, I think there's I think there's there's a lot more grief. Carva, um, you know, um, played by the actor I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> what's his name, Mike? He, he does the thing with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was the, the <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> the, the act he was in season one of the Mandalorian. He he betrayed the Mando and then turned he came on the side there at the end. There's only three characters: Mandalorian, Grief Carva, and Cara Dune. So, um, Carl Weathers. There it is. Damn. There. Okay. <laughs> I was like, there's only three characters, uh, and then there's um, the the villain guy, um, who I'm going to keep referring to from his Breaking Bad. Um, thing. Yeah, but I know okay. he's in the I boys mean, too. I, I just I, I've historically never been good with character names in TV shows. Yeah. So, um, so <laughs> it looks like they're getting more scene time, screen time with them going out and doing things and being off yeah. of uh, the uh, the planet. So I'm excited, Mike. Anything you want to add yeah. to that? October. Well, 30th. I saw that I saw that there was some. There's been some eagle-eyed people with uh, going frame by frame, much like you were in this trailer. And there's a shot where he's driving away from camera on a speeder. And some people have taken some screenshots, and they've—I feel like they've—they've they've zoomed and enhanced, and they feel like they might see Boba Fett's armor attached to the speeder, kind of like luggage. It, you know, it's kind of hard to tell. You know, humans really like to recognize patterns. That's kind of what our brain is meant for. So they could just be literally looking at innocuous, innocuous pixels. But there's a chance that he might at least come across the OG Boba Fett armor at some mm-hmm. point in this well, uh, in this season. We, well, there is a character. Um who is playing uh, that that sheriff who's wearing Boba Fett's armor? So, mm-hmm. so I mean, that could yeah. be a sign that he kills him and strips the armor off of him. Well, he's, he's, <laughs> my guess is he's already been dead. Remember, he fell into the Sarlacc pit. Well, hey, we don't we don't, we don't know, know yet. We don't know nothing. But I, I mean, we're we're in the countdown, Mike. We're um, forty days away, so you know uh, we got something to look forward to at least that mm-hmm. that we haven't had before. On the other side of that stuff, something you can look forward to, Mike, is a Super Mario animated movie in the works for a twenty twenty two release. 2022 two years to go yep they've officially announced it i think um sonic did good got a sequel in the works so mario was next right like that's uh, you gotta move through these um console icons but i only bring this up because are you familiar with super mario all-stars 3d for the switch that came out this week 
Yeah, I saw that. I thought it was pretty cool that they're riffing off probably one of the best uh, SNES combos ever made, which was uh, Super Mario All Stars, yep. where you got just so many games. So uh, I thought I thought the original cartridge had more games than this does, though. This has three games, well, right? Yeah, the th- Super Mario All Stars 3D never had any games to begin with. Uh, this well, is yeah, a brand new thing, it's, it's but the original new, yeah. the original one had four <laughs> games, and then the um, mm-hmm. the Switch Online version still has the four games. So there's Mario One, Two, Three, and the Lost Levels, um, which you can play. All Stars 3D comes with Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and uh, Super Mario Galaxy, all in one one little Switch. And I bought it. Yeah, I have it. I've never played any of these games. Ooh, you're about to have you're about to have some fun. Yeah, uh, I've I've played Super Mario 64. Uh, I would say a decent chunk of it. I mean, I, I actually was doing some uh, nerdy stuff this weekend, and I love a uh, um, I love looking into speed runs for video games. Mm-hmm. So I went to the speed run archive. I think that's what it's called, and I was curious what the most speed run games were out there. And Super Mario 64 is like either number one or number two. Like that's like the game <laughs> that people have just been drilling away on for years and years and years, trying to beat it as fast as possible all the different categories of the ways that you can beat it so it's a beloved game um but i have played super mario galaxy and that game is beautiful that is i i believe that game won game of the year when it came out and it deserves every award that it won it just really really uh played with 3d space better than anyone else ever have but it would have been cool if they could have thrown in like a lost levels type of game I don't know what it would have been because it has to exist in order to put it in there, but that was the kind of the really cool thing about the original All-Stars as was, oh, you finally get to play like this Japanese game that never existed here in America. So, you know, if it doesn't exist, obviously you can't put it in the game, but it would have been fun if they could have found like something that was a little bit more of an X factor, if you will. Well, so, you know, uh, it, that would have been neat. Well, I think I think the, the biggest thing here, it proves the Switch can play both Wii and 64 games. These are the first That's ones true. that have come out for it so does this open the game uh, the window for more of these classic games again i know there's new pokemon snap coming out does the old one come to the switch do you get to play goldeneye do you get you know donkey kong 64 in the how many times will nintendo sell you the same game well, over and over through your life? but here, here's the here's the beauty of this N- nintendo switch there if you buy their 20 dollar per year online you get access to regular nintendo and super nintendo games already they're just shy of putting 64 games on there so um, I've never played Mario 64 or um, Sunshine or Galaxy, so I'm very excited to revisit these pretty much what people consider classics without having to um, get an emulator and put them on my computer at the end yeah. of the day. I, do, I don't remember the name of the level, but it might be it's literally one of the first levels in Mario 64. It might be called Mushroom Hill. I don't, or Koopa, Goomba Hill, I don't remember what it's called, but there's chain chomps in it, and if you run to the center of the chain chomp and you butt pound the little uh, wooden peg, you can free the chain chomp, so that's fun, you can release him from his servitude. Does, so, does he chase to, after try, you freely after that, or? Uh, no, he like, he just like catapults off into the horizon, he like gets the fuck out of there. The, the <laughs> only thing I know about that game is people yeeting the baby penguin over the edge of the, the cliff. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, so that's, yeah, people like to do that. That's about all I get, so I'm very excited to play this, this is a, you know, a great offline single player game that you can go through and, and relive that. Someone told me um, Super Mario Sunshine is like Mario on a community service because he has to like go clean up the world or something. So. Oh, yeah. That, that game has some fun mechanics. I've watched uh, some Let's Plays of that game, yeah. and it does look really fun. Very pretty. Yeah. 
It's got a great Super Smash Brothers level. That one's fun. Yeah. Well, there we go. So, yeah, if you're looking for some games to add to your Switch, some, some nostalgia, there you go. But also, this week, we have the future of video games, Mike. <laughs> yeah. And the PlayStation 5 did their big announcement with their pricing, and then they, they were like, we're going to let you know when pre-orders are coming up, and then, like, pre-orders were that night, they, and they sold out. Like, it was a fiasco. Yeah, they didn't let you know. It, it, was, was, the... it, was, a, it was a disaster. Um, people are very upset. There are scalpers all over eBay. Um, but the price again in line with the Xbox One, Xbox Series X, five hundred dollars, the standard intro price. Um, but I'm going to talk about some of the games they announced, Mike. First and foremost, Spider-Man Miles Morales, the sequel to the fan favorite Spider-Man game, right? Uh-huh. Uh, they announced it's going to be on PlayStation Four as well, so you do not yes. have to buy a PS Five to play this. They fooled we us. We can play this, Chris. Yay! Yeah, they fooled this us. This is going to be great. Time. Yeah, I'm just kind of thumbing through the uh, the uh, trailer reveal yeah. here for more of the gameplay, and man, it's he, just it looks beautiful. He, the abilities look different. He's got the shocking, the stinging punches. He can go invisible. A lot more particle effects going on in this than the other one. Was. Yeah, which I'm, I'm. There's a chance I might not see these particles on my uh, PS4, but I, yeah, I gotta play this game. I, because I'm probably not gonna upgrade until I upgrade my TV in the future, because I don't think I'm gonna get a lot of my value out of it until that happens. But man, this just looks great. Yeah. Looks beautiful. Oh, looks like so much. And, oh, and, I'm just like watching the combat right now, and I'm just like geeking out. And and, and yeah, the Tinker I believe is the the villain, and it's been kind of gender swapped here. Uh, people think think it sounds like Rosario Dawson as the voice actress for that. So oh. um, I assume there will be more villains as well. Um, but um, again, if you get the PlayStation 5 version, they have an Ultimate Edition of it, which comes with a remastered original Spider-Man uh, for PS5 with all the DLC. So oh. um, if you get the Ultimate Edition for your PlayStation 5, you'll have both games to play on that new yeah. one. Do, do, do yourself a favor. If you've never played this, this Spider-Man game before, uh, don't go online and watch videos of people playing it because there's some like really high level players that can just string together the coolest things that you'll never hope to do in your entire life and you'll feel like you're not playing the game right <laughs> because that's what happened to me after I beat the game I was like oh I'm gonna watch this person beat this mission I was like holy crap I didn't know you could do half of this stuff uh yeah it'll make you feel inferior but it's fun it's, <laughs> the game's so fun it's it's a real real I mean since Spider-Man 2 there's not been one that I feel it that nailed Spider-Man. Yeah, and it's, uh, I love that it's just it's just giving the one thing that we really wanted out of the Spider-Man game, which was just kind of more weather environments, and they're getting giving us snow, and it's going to be coming out during the end of the year when it's uh, at least snowing in our part of the world, yeah. so this is going to be really fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. So that gameplay is in our show notes. You can check that out. And then the other game that kind of blew me away, Mike, was this uh, Hogwarts Legacy game. Um, yeah. kind of came out of there. It looks like uh, Elder Scrolls and Harry Potter World at the end of the day. Like, you're... You've got a wizard. It's in the eight year at eight Hogwarts in the 1800s. So you are literally getting skills and abilities going through Hogwarts and you've got the whole world. None of the his, none of the stuff where we've learned about in the Harry Potter movies or the fantastic beast movies to worry about. You've got your own thing. You can sit sit here and learn and play with. Yeah. Narratively speaking, they made a really, really, they did a really smart idea of putting this uh, so far back in time because you don't have to be bogged down with all of the, uh, with all of the characters that you've learned from the books and the movies. They can really kind of just carve out their own story, but aesthetically wise, they get to keep everything yes. because Hogwarts has always kind of been like this timeless and, location. And there's no cars, there's no technology, right? It's all 1800 stuff. So you, the stuff you're gonna get is gonna look like it's 
set in medieval times at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, uh, right now, uh, the the Harry Potter franchise has kind of been tarnished by its creator out there in the world. Uh, so uh, a lot of people do not want to give uh, J.K. Rowling any more money. They don't want to encourage her to to push her kind of ideas out there in the world. So mm-hmm. uh, at least in our household, we might have to wait maybe until there's a used copy of this game to pick it up. So technically she's not getting any, any more money out of it, which might mean I'll have to end up getting the PlayStation 5 that has the disk drive because if I get it without the disk, uh, I'm not going to be able to uh, play this game used. Yeah. So uh, uh, either way, uh, just speaking on the pure merits of the game and the developers that made it, it looks really fun. It looks awesome. I mean, I checked out, you get some, some creatures, you get it, you know, out in the woods. It looks like you're gonna learn a bunch of spells and get to use magic. I mean, if you were like to me, this looks like a, a next generation fable game, if you will. At the end of it, um, yeah. I don't know if this came officially from the video game creators itself or the studio, but. Uh, people have been describing it as an open world game. Mm. I don't know if that they're just extrapolating on that from the trailer, but it would be cool if you kind of just get to walk the grounds whenever you want. Uh, because one of the coolest thing about the Spider-Man game that we just talked about is, you know, if you be- beat the game months or even years ago and you just kind of want to revisit New York and swing around in a little bit, you can just pop the game open and just swing around and just kind of chill. It'd be kind of cool if you could kind of do that in Hogwarts Castle, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think they've, they've I think the developers, I'm just kind of looking up through here, it's an open world single player action role play game set uh, in the world cool. so I, I, there's no multiplayer you can get it actually on your playstation 4 mic you do not have to upgrade to play this game if you don't want to oh so, hey the news just gets better and better yep, man so um and then the, literally on their page on wb games and it says what is jk rowling's involvement with this game they say she is not involved directly involved in the creation of the game However, her body of writing is the foundation for all the projects. So, uh, but you know she's going to get a little kickback. Nothing gets officially licensed without her getting a little bit of money. Right. Out. Well, I mean, I, I think I think that'll always be the case, no matter what they do. But at the same time, they they really that's like the fifth question down. Like, there's thirty questions. Um, and, yeah. What an awk- What a very awkward time to announce this game. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it, it, it's definitely weird, but I know they've been working on this a long time and it definitely does not look like a current gen game that that you play. That's what's really unfortunate. You feel bad for all the really creative uh, video game developers that have been working on it for years. And then they just like go to Twitter and they just see, no, stop tarnishing this game that we're making. Yeah. Well, (laughs) and at the same time, like a lot of those people are, you know, obviously Harry Potter fans, like they, they're making this game because they love the, the world and they don't have to 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 agree with her and her Twitter tirades, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think I think those games. I mean, there's some other games. God of War Two was teased. Um, Rag, it's called Ragnarok. Of course, everything's called Ragnarok these days. <laughs> um, I think even the what the up, no the upcoming um, Assassin's Creed is Valhalla. So that looks cool. I think uh, PlayStation Five's got some some stuff in the in the notes, but um, I think it's cool that a lot of these games are coming to both systems, so you do not have to upgrade the first year if you don't want to. So. Mm-hmm. Cool deal. Mike, I'm going to call this a big win in my book here. Um, I called this, how long ago? Um, DC Universe is ending and becoming DC Universe Infinite. And do you know what's going to be on DC Universe Infinite? Comic books. Comic books. Because that's what you, that's what you told me last exactly. week. Exactly, <laughs> comic books. I've said this for a while now. All the all the video stuff is going to HBO Max. Um, and we'll talk about uh, one of those shows here in a minute. Uh, but like the videos and stuff going over there, but DC Universe Infinite will become the home for digital comic books with some first look on digital books and more. 
on January 21st, 2021. So I tell you what, I, I have personally uh, have found it very confusing. Like if you are like a diehard comic book fan, you know, that maybe does not want to visit their comic book shop anymore. Maybe they're like you and me that like and sometimes prefer digital copies of stuff. I know you personally do like your physical copy of comic books, but sometimes people just want to go full digital. Like, what is a person to do? Like, let's say you like to read indie comic books, you like to read Marvel and DC. Like, is there one app that you can just get to read all of this? If you want a subscription service, what's the best subscription to do? It seems very fractured. Well, the thing is, um, if you follow, follow a publisher you get more benefits, right? So if you go to DCs and buy through their digital... DC, DC's never been a digital-first company, so that's that's part of their problem to find some of their newer stuff. Marvel's been pushing digital since I've been buying comic books for about 10 years now. Um, so you can go through their store. But Comixology is the best place to go, which is purchased or is owned by Amazon, I believe, at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And they have all sorts of stuff. They have sales all the time. You can buy full runs or collected trades. Comixology is the best place to go. But it all depends on how the publisher wants to handle their digital front. Some but some indie, some indie me, ones don't want to even. But correct me if I'm wrong. Is Comicology Comicsology? That's not a subscription no, service. There, right? there that's is like, no that, there is no Netflix of um, gotcha. that, that encompasses everybody. Yeah, that's a that's an a la carte. But I believe we we when. Um, when we were talking about Black Panther the other week and the passing of Chadwick Boseman, they like unlocked a bunch of older comic book stuff. So I'm guessing they just went in their database and just set the price to zero yeah. uh, temporarily on some of those uh, comic books. Yeah, a lot of my stuff. So I, if I buy them from Marvel, they gave me a code. I redeem it on Marvel. It unlocks on Comicsology. Easy as that. Mm-hmm. Marvel Comics has Marvel Comics Unlimited, which is their online subscription service. You don't get anything new is the problem with this. You have to wait... Um, a month or two months before those issues, new issues hit that service. It's not like a same day and date. Um, DC Universe will have DC Universe uh, Infinite uh, come January for that solution. So, I, I again, it's it, 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 comics media is not the same as, as video media. Like, it does not same day and date for st- quote unquote streaming. But I could see this within the next five years coming out with that now with everything literally the way it is now. So, um, yeah, I, I still buy. I still like to buy my books occasionally, but there, it's hard to go to a comic book store and get those right now. But a lot of older ones it's are true. on there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, and then um, I, I'm just gonna swap gears. DC Universe uh, being gone, HBO Max existing. Harley Quinn was renewed for season three at HBO Max. Um, so that'll be out in 2021. Hey, there you go. You, I love adult animation. Have you watched, even though I haven't been, even though I haven't uh, caught back up on it uh, yet, it's nice to know that it's over there on uh, HBO Max. Yeah. Uh, whenever it makes it to over to Roku, come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> they'll get there. They'll get there for you. My, uh, I found out my um, my sister in law and brother in law have started watching this about a week ago, and they are just obsessed mm-hmm. with the Harley Quinn show. They were like, we didn't think it would be that funny. I'm like, yeah, it actually is pretty entertaining all around. So hey, you can check that out on HBO uh, seasons one and two on HBO Max right now, but not if you have a Roku. <laughs> uh, rumor for Superman. Chalk this up as a big rumor, Mike. Grain of salt. Do you have your salt ready? Salt shaker? No, oh, it's it's ready. I got I got a nice little salt. So I got the big kosher grains oh, of salt. I'm ready. Is to it go. pink? Is it the pink Himalayan salt? Because you... no, no, it's it's white. Okay, perfect. That's fine. <laughs> uh, rumor has it Henry Cavill has signed up for three more Superman movies and some cameos Ooh. and other movies. Well, okay. I mean, that's that's a rumor for sure. I mean, I have to eat crow, eat dirt, eat mud, what, whatever it is. I feel like weeks ago on the show, I said all of these Zack Snyder characters were pretty much dead, and I was dead wrong myself. It seems like they're all coming back, but 
Uh, in what capacity, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have to figure it out because uh, it seems like uh, it would be kind of weird if eventually all of these characters meet back up again and they just kind of pretend that the Justice League movie like never happened, mm-hmm. but they just kind of act like they've known each other for a while. Uh, and then they can just kind of write off those movies, you know? Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I think again we talk about Wonder Woman and Aquaman always had a future. Flash was a little uncertain. Again, I don't think. Uh, to, to, to joke about it. I don't think him choking his fan out has had any effect on his movie. Uh, we'll talk about it next. But yeah, Henry Cavill, I kind of just written off. Um, I'm like, nope, he's he's done. They're 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 jerking him along. They're never going to give him the Superman movie. They'll just recast him like they have a Batman. Call it a different universe, right? So uh, if they get him for three more Superman movies, they need to make this announcement and get moving, man. Um, we haven't had a, a solo Superman movie since 2013. It's time to, to get going with this guy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, goddamn. I mean, visually speaking, Henry Cavill is just like the picture-perfect Superman. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he puts that suit on, he slicks the hair back. I mean, like he—you've he, never seen a better incarnation of, of 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 Superman on screen before. So, I'm 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 looking forward to him. I would just love to see somebody else take the reins, put somebody else in charge of writing him, put somebody else you, in charge of directing him. Do you want J.J. Abrams? too since he's got that look the first look deal no I'm, no, no I, like i'm not i'm jj abrams is kind of on my shit yeah, list yeah, after I'm, star I'm, wars <laughs> maybe he can redeem himself in the future with a property that i don't care much about let's have him do that yeah yeah well we'll, we'll see what he does so yeah we'll keep you posted if this uh, comes out to be true so we'll we'll knock on and let, let people know uh continuing with our rumor segment of the show the flash i've got some rumored cameos that they want for this Ooh, film. Bring it on. Okay, first and foremost, they want Christian Bale's The Dark Knight version of Whoa. Gotham All and right. his Batman if he'll come back. I know he's working okay. on Thor Love and Thunder uh, currently. The biggest news is they want to bring back Val Kilmer, George Clooney, and Chris O'Donnell from the second era Whoa. of the Batman films. Yes, get them all. Get them all, yep, man. Yep, so they could do that. Uh, a kind of a, a no-brainer here is bringing in Grant Gustin as the Flash from the Ooh. TV show. Oh man, I'm sure he would love it. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, we've always we always talked about uh, they would interview uh, actors on Agents of Shield, and they're like, "Oh, would you like to be in the MCU?" And they basically would just want to tell the reporter, "Uh, yeah, yeah. duh, I want to be in a movie." Are you kidding me? So uh, I, I hope Grant Gustin gets the gets the well, gets the come up well, here. And, and there's precedent with him uh, crossing over on the TV show. Um, the, yep. the actor. So there's that. And lastly, what I call again last week um <laughs> using nicholas cage as superman from the tim burton movie that never got made oh my gosh this is great i talk about this all the time this is the leverage dc has that marvel will just never have they have this history and legacy of these characters you know uh they they're lucky that uh, it's all underneath the ownership of warner brothers they don't have to worry about rights and contracts and all of this nonsense but they just really just have to worry about the availability of the actors mm-hmm. so yes Bring them all back. Do all of this stuff. I want to see it all. I want to go to this movie like so bad. I never thought I would come back around to these DC movies this hard. Like all of these rumors circling around this Flash movie is just making me like geek out like so hard. I like all of these bullet points in the notes right now for this is just yeah. yes, yes, more, more, more. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm call- I'm gonna dub this movie into the Batverse because it's like. This is into the Spider Verse, but the Flash is using it to dive into all these Batman things that never really got to happen. So mm-hmm. I, I think this is really cool that they can do this and they want to do this. And you know, knock on wood, they can get them. I, I hopefully some of these actors are, are 
keen to come back and redeem themselves from the the, the, only, the parodies. The only like narrative speed bump that I could see moving forward is all of these Batmans, except for maybe Christian Bale, are much older now. So you're talking about like, are you going to give me cameos from all of these Batman as older people? Because I feel like um, you're kind of already you're already getting that with. Um, with the uh, Tim Burton Batman. Right. So, it, you know, that's going to be the older, well, possibly uh, uh, Batman beyond uh, Bruce Wayne, if you will. So I would like to see Warner Brothers tap into some of that de-aging technology. I mean, they used it a little bit with uh, Aquaman with um, – uh, what's that actor's name? He played. Uh, he played. He played like the William Defoe. The yeah, William Defoe. Yeah, the the mentor of Aquaman when he was younger. To oh, Green Goblin. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I know all of these actors have probably aged uh, well mm-hmm. because they're famous and they're celebrities. And, you know, well, they, ha- they have access to skincare that we all just don't have. But yeah, maybe de-age George Clooney a little bit, uh, Chris O'Donnell. You know, at least give me one of these Batmans maybe in their prime. Wouldn't it be so cool to see George Clooney's Batman like just right after he beat Mister Freeze? You know, still like, what if we got another one of those movies? Like that would be cool. Well, I would be okay with that. And then I, I believe there's a Bat Bat Girl, Bat Woman. I think it's Batgirl in um, Alicia Silverstone. Silverstone. I I mean, they Uh didn't mention her specifically, but there's an opportunity if they wanted to. I think here's the thing. I think um, Ben Affleck's going to have a large role, at least five or ten minutes. I think Michael Keaton's going to have a very primary role in this film. But these other ones are going to be like, oh, hey, there's that guy for like 30 seconds. Um, Oh, like montage. Like, 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 hey, here's all the other universes that could have been. Or this is what happened based on this X moment in your life. You know, you, so I, there's opportunities here for them to do that, but I don't think we're going to be like, hey, you're going to be primary in this this movie for a while. I would love to see like uh, who who is the guy that was like always I can't remember the actor's name. He was always hosting the Oscars. And at the very very beginning of the show, they would always like put him special effects into movies. Uh, who's was that? It Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal, that's right. Yeah. I, I would love to see them Billy Crystal uh, one of these Batman movies where the Flash literally runs into a movie we've already seen before. I'll just mm-hmm. use the reference of George Clooney and Mr. Freeze again. Like, maybe there's, like, a shot where, like, you see him, like, behind. It's like, oh, I've watched this movie before. I've seen this scene before. And, oh, they put him in the background. That would be fun, yeah. too. Or maybe add a scene to it. You know, maybe just before Batman, George Clooney's Batman, gets into the Batmobile and, and drives off. You know, that's the we, that's the scene we see in the movie when he's well, driving the Batmobile. I think maybe the f- just before he gets into it, he shows well, up. Well, the Flash steals the Bat credit card and takes it to a different universe with him. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. He's like, oh, I can I can pay for this. I picked this up uh, on my travels. Yeah. That would be so funny. So, yeah, they could, they could make some references at those other ones that become kind of parodies, but at the same time still have some mm. fun with them. So And it works with the character. The Flash is a lighthearted, mm. goofing around character. Uh, they've, they've already established it with his uh, character in the previous movie. So, yeah, this all works. This is great. I want it in my veins. Yeah, so, yeah, long list of names. Knock on wood. We'll see, we'll see how these rumors, uh, rumors play out. Mm-hmm. Lastly, my last thing is also a big rumor, Mike. I wanted to share this with you, and I think this is a great bit of news here. Uh, James Bond, we are getting a new Bond after uh, No Time to Die, if it ever comes out. Uh, and that rumored Bond is going to be Tom Hardy himself, our own Venom, um, taking over 007. Yes, he is British, for people who don't know. He just had <laughs> an American accent. But if you take Tom Hardy, pluck him right out of Inception, and put him in a James Bond movie, it's it's perfect. It's beautiful. So, yeah, I, 
Yeah, I, I, I suppose for me, uh, myself, when it comes, I've never been like a huge James Bond person uh, growing up. You know, every once in a while, it's fun to watch them just because, you know, they're action movies and uh, who doesn't like a good action movie yeah. every now and again. But I've never really connected to the world overall because they've never really established anything long term. They've kind of done that recently with some of the newer Bond movies. But, oh man, what was that one where the plot was about like saving the water or buying water in a was desert? Was Quantum of Solace? Yeah, that movie. I did not like that movie, so that that kind of turned me off uh, for a little bit there. But I would. I, they need to do something fresh with this franchise. Mm. I don't know what it is. I'm not the person in charge. I'm not the one with the money, and I'm not pulling the strings with all of these people. But like. Are they just going to keep repeating the formula? I mean, obviously, they've done it in the past. They've been doing it for plenty of plenty of years with this character. But I feel like we're in these new times, and I just want something different. Mm-hmm. I don't have the answer, but just do something different. I don't know what it is. Like, maybe make Bond old, and he's got like a and he's got like a um, like an apprentice that he's training, or maybe an older dude is like training Bond. Like, I don't know. Just throw so, inject something fresh. Like I said, I don't know the answer, but like, but you're I also guess they like can... you also admitted you're, you're not the audience. There, there is there is a James Bond audience out there, and yeah. they they like what their James Bonds being what it is. So yeah, we'll have to see what that looks like. But I think I yeah, mean these, if... I mean Tom Hardy's a good name, a good draw for this if it is true. Like I think I think he could pull off that suave, sophisticated, um, I guess super spy if you will. But at the same time, he's kind of rough and rugged. Like he he's not. Mm-hmm. He's not um, what's his name uh, Pierce Brosnan and Goldeneye kind of thing either, you know. So, it would be kind of cool. What if they made a Bond that was like unlikable? You know, he was just kind of like a. Isn't, a, isn't that like, Daniel Craig? <laughs> well, I mean, like the like, but like character wise, like maybe he's a douche. Like nobody really likes him in the office. Like you know, he's kind of historically a womanizer. Like, the only the only reason we let him get away with it is because the women seem to also like him. So it eventually ends up being consensual. But what if he was just like this totally unlikable dude that like, it, but the, he they they let him get by with it because he has the license to kill. So you don't really want to you don't really want to get on his bad side. So. I don't know. I also think that's Daniel Craig's bond, but (laughs) see there there. But yeah, we get the last one, uh, No Time to Die this this fall. So we'll we'll see how this plays out too. Mm -hmm. Well, Mike, that's it. That's the show for this week. Um, gonna wrap it up here and uh, get on our way. So if you wanna tell people they can find you at, where can they see it? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, see what you're doing, watching, uh, uh, or your literal watch, Apple Watch, what's your air quality doing, where can they find you? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. Also hit me up on those uh, gaming consoles if you want to play something this week. Uh, people can also head over to Comic UI. People want to, listeners want to know where they can find our show notes, uh, our upcoming list of stuff that maybe will hit air before 2021. I don't know. Uh, Where can they find all our information at? Well, as always, all you have to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best resource for this show that we make here. So if you want to get our awesome show notes and look into these links that we were talking about this week, the Mandalorian trailer, that show reel for Disney+, Plus, uh, the Spider-Man uh, PlayStation 5 stuff, uh, you can find that all in our show notes. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts like our own. And uh, we love it when you guys reach out and connect to us. So you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can get merch at superheroslate.com uh, slash store uh, we love hearing from you if, you if you're a big Kang fanboy and you know a lot more than I do and you want to reach out and really just uh, 
tell me off and then <laughs> or maybe even just be nice and inform me i don't know uh, i like that can, first option better <laughs> yeah reach out and uh, and uh tell us a little bit uh, about that king lore what you're looking forward to uh what you think of this casting news uh are you an orphan black fan are you really excited about she hulk i think this is going to get me to watch orphan black we're kind of languishing in between shows of what uh the wife and i want to watch so i think we might check out orphan black there you go i mean it's always a it's always a good week for news so yeah. uh, i guess we'll see you guys next week yeah, we love our super fans. Come on back next week, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Your body is like a like a fucking sieve, man. Yeah, it's a temple. <laughs> it's a Mountain Dew. <laughs>